All right, everybody, welcome back. Happy Monday. Glad to be back at you again, of course. So today we're talking about a verse in the Gospels. So if you don't know what this is about, this podcast or this live video that you're looking at, this is about a message from the Gospels that I bring you um, every week, sometimes twice, sometimes three times a week. Who knows? But at any rate, what we're going to talk about today is John 10, 10. This is super famous scripture. Um, most people can just quote it off the top of their head. Um, but it says this, that the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Three things. Steal, kill, and destroy. And then Jesus speaking, saying, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So this amazing contrast that, that Jesus is giving here about the thief and what he has come to bring. And there is a vast difference in its polar opposites. One has come to bring death and destruction, and the others come to bring life and encouragement and blessing. So to steal means to this, it means to take something away. To kill means to put an end to that means to take life away. And to destroy means to vanquish or to neutralize. I want you to keep those words in mind as we, for the next 10 minutes as we begin to talk about this because they're going to become very pertinent. Steal means to take away. Kill means to take away life. And destroy means to neutralize and to vanquish. So for those of you um, who've never heard my background or who I'm about or where I've came from, I'm just going to give you a little bit of glimpse just for this message today because it's very pertinent that the, the thief made every effort to steal, kill, and destroy everything around me, including myself. So for those of you who don't know my story, I'm going to just jump into it just a little bit here. But um, before I was even born, my my sister was murdered uh, by one of my mother's boyfriends. And then my brother was taken away by the government because during that process of my mother's boyfriend going crazy, he tied my brother to a chair and uh, began to torture him. So this happened before I was born, but the mindset of my mother just continued with the same man, the same mindset and the same attitude. Um, I was born on a conjugal visit, right? Uh, back then it was a popular thing in prisons to get married so you can have a conjugal visit, uh, much different from society today. You know, we in religiosity think we need to get married so, you know, we can have sex. But back then it was, you know, uh, in the prisons, if you got married, then you can have these, um, conjugal visits. So that produced me. But uh, before, uh, when I was born, my parents were already separated. My, my, my dad was already with another woman. But soon after, my mother picked somebody who was very troubled. And he had uh, schizophrenia and PTSD. And he, um, he, he was just a really weird man. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples. I'm not going to go too deep in this lesson here because I'm, I'm just trying to point out the philosophy of kill, steal, and destroy, and that it's it's happening on families all over the world. 
Like this is not, my case is not some special case. I've heard my story in so many different people. In fact, I just connected with somebody recently on social media and I, he was telling me his story and I'm like, oh my God, that's my story. So this is not something that's like um, happening in a small corner of the world. This is this kind of abuse and these things are happening all over the place. So at any rate, he had uh, um, post-traumatic stress and, and, and schizophrenia. He would hear voices. Uh, a lot of it was probably uh, prolonged drug-induced. But at any rate, um, he was convinced that he had the worms in his body. So he'd take pliers and just you know dig at his skin just all night long, just tweaking. And just keep digging and digging. He had sores all over his body. Uh, I saw him one time dig through his feces. Uh, looking through his poop, looking for the same worms that he was convinced in his mind that were inside of his body. And there my my mother and my stepfather were in the bathroom just digging through poop. Um, there was prostitution in the house. There was uh, violence and, uh, you know, all these things that required the government to step in and take all of us kids away. I failed to mention that, of course, there was five of us that were living in the house at the time. My my mother had my brother with um, multiple different drugs in his system. And so the government finally stepped in and took us all away, which I was um, 10 years old and given custody to my grandmother. After living with my grandmother for a couple of years, I went to wake her up in the morning and she she didn't wake up. She was gone. And so at 13 years old, I was just lost and confused and felt abandoned. Um, by the time I was 14, I tried to commit suicide a couple different times. One time was uh, swallowing a, a 30 uh, sleeping pills, a bottle of sleeping pills. Um, that didn't work, but uh, I felt insignificant and lost. And so I just gravitated to the drug scene in the drug world. I ended up running away at 14 and moving in with a drug dealer and became a little drug mule, uh, running drugs back and forth on my bicycle uh, and my payment was, of course, methamphetamines. It didn't take long for me to hit rock bottom because, you know, here I am at uh, 15 years old, just lost and confused and, you know, about 100 pounds, uh, just wasting away. And um, didn't take long for me to hit rock bottom and stumble into a church where I began to find a new life and a community that, that accepted me and a, a strong man that would mentor me and help me become the person that, uh, that I am today. So I say all that to say this is that you're looking back on my life and every attempt to kill, steal, and destroy everything that was in, on the inside of me, right? And so this is no new endeavor, right? We look at uh, Moses and and what did what did the Pharaoh do? He tried to kill you know all the 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 babies that were around Moses' age to stop what God was going to do through Moses. And so I'm not comparing myself to that in any way. But if you look back in your life, you will notice the exact same things that that there's things that have come your way. And they are painful things. They're traumatic things. They're things that drive you to um, use drugs. They're things that drive you to alcoholism, um, pornography addictions, and and all those things. It's the traumatic experience that that's, that 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 is specially designed 
to take away, to take your life away, and to neutralize the gift of God that's on the inside of you. And that's what they're meant for. And some of you might be in that season right now. And you know that you're in that season because you're in a funk. You're in a depression. You are sedating yourself. And you're giving your justifications that this, this alcohol is okay. This joint's okay. This, these pills are okay. This whatever addiction it is, you're saying that it's okay. But it's just, it's just there to numb the pain of the traumatic experiences that you're feeling. But ultimately, what it is meant to do is to steal, kill, and destroy the seed that's on the inside of you. And so on the inside of you is something that is meant for greatness. That is your purpose, your passion, your destiny, that you are created to do something awesome in this world. And I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I'm not trying to get your money. In fact, everything that, that we say here is free. So I don't have no agenda in telling you this, that there is life on the inside of you and you are created to do something great. And instead of pursuing that passion, pursuing the vision that God has for your life, you're settling for sedations. You're settling for addictions that are neutralizing your potential. Because let me tell you something. If you decide to stay in the funk, you decide to pop them pills, you decide to, you know, sedate with alcohol three times a week or whatever it is, right? You just, you're just living in this existence funk lifestyle. I can guarantee you your vision for your life, the purpose that you have, the passion that you have is going to be neutralized. And it's going to be destroyed. And what the sad thing is, is I don't ever want it to happen to me. But when I look back at the end of my days, I don't want to see my potential of what I could have become if I would have laid aside all the weights and all the things that are holding me down or pressing me down or discouraging me and not giving me life. But Jesus says this, I have come that you might have life. So many people are so confused about the will of God. They make it all mystical. I wonder if it's the will of God to marry this person. I'm going to go ask my pastor if I should get a blue Jeep or a black Jeep. Like, and we, we get all these, this will of God and direction. We get it all mixed up. When so many times it says clear, I have come, Jesus speaking, that you might have life. And have it more abundantly. So when we think about this, what might God's intentions be? It's not to steal. It's not to kill. And it's not to destroy and neutralize the visions and the dreams that are on the inside of you. You know, I hear this in religious circles so many times. Drop your dreams. Drop your passion. Drop your purpose. Right? And that same message is trying to neutralize what God has given you. God doesn't take those things away from you. He inspires those and he, he nurtures those. Think about this for a minute. Any father who saw their daughter, so I have daughters and I have sons, but I look at my daughter, for example, and she has a passion for dancing. She loves dancing. And we foster and encourage that dancing and say, you know what, we're going to take you every Tuesday to this dance class so you could be the, become the best dancer that you want to be. But what is going on in religious circles today is you, you just drop your dreams. You just forget your passions, right? 
You just humble yourself or seek God or whatever, not understanding that no father would discourage a daughter's passion for dancing and say, you know what? I think you should drop your dancing. I think you should do what I want you to do. You know what? I think you would be uh, good at football. Oh, I know you like dancing, but my will is football. So drop your dancing, forget all about it, drop those intentions, desires, whatever, and start playing football, okay? And so this is the religious mindset that we have going today that God will somehow vanquish and neutralize your dreams. God will somehow is not concerned about anything that you want. And I'm here to tell you, that kind of mentality and mindset is a lie, and it's a religiosity, and it's just fake crap. It's the truth. Okay, so he's come to give us life. Let me tell you what that life is not. Somebody think it's a life on easy street. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, since I've recommitted my life to spirituality, my life has been not easy. In fact, it was more easier before. And as far as things coming against you, as character things that you have to step up and maintain your character as going through struggles and difficulties. You see, the only difference now is that I don't grab that bottle of vodka, right? I don't sedate in that bottle of vodka and say, ooh, this is my comfort. I, mean, I find comfort in Southern comfort, right? But I find comfort in another source, right, in my connection to God. So what this life is not, it's not easy street. Man, this is called narrow gate for a reason. This is called narrow gate for a reason because it's the broad path where the masses are taking. This is the, the easy street where our ears get tickled and the pastor tells us whatever we want to hear, right? And that we can go on continuing to live however we want to live and somehow receive positive results. But Jesus never taught anything about that. He said, if you hear and do these sayings of mine, you will be like, you know, planted. And when the winds and the rains and everything come, the floods come to destroy, you will not be moved. Why? Because you hear and do. You actually put into practice the things that I'm talking about. That's the narrow game. So what this life is not, it's not uh, a popularity contest, right? He didn't say, I'm going to give you this abundant life and you're going to become popular and everybody's going to love you. Mm -mm -mm. In fact, he said the exact opposite. He said that many people will hate you for my namesake and you should be really happy about that. Jesus gave so many sermons where after he was done preaching, they decided they wanted to kill him. Imagine delivering a sermon like that, becoming a guest speaker at a church. All right, yeah, I got this guest speaking. I'm going to go speak at this church. And after I speak, they decided that they wanted to kill me. That's the kind of division and the message that Jesus brought. It was dividing. It was, it was something that cut to the heart. What this, what this life is not. It's not a life of, of overabundance of money so you could just consume it on whatever you want, think, and feel, right? Now, the abundant life is not that. It's this, four things. It's an above and beyond, above and beyond, and that's what's considered normal, and it starts with our heart first, that our heart gets to experience this radical transformation that we begin to live in a life that's above and beyond. What is that? 
above and beyond what is considered normal, what is considered the normal life. And that affects every single area of our life, whether it comes to family, fitness, faith, and finance. These four areas of our life that make up the categories that we want to be prosperous in. And that is above and beyond. The next word is super abundant. Ooh, I love that word. A super abundant life. And like I said, it's not just one area of your life. And we'll probably get into this um, in the next couple of days. So I don't want to stress it too much, but it's every area of your life. We've had so many people. And like I said, I'm going to talk about this later, but we've had so many people that had an awesome financial life but their marriages are falling apart and their their faith is coming to nothing. And what good is that? What good is that? Superior quality is the third one and more than enough. More than enough. We all know the concept of more than enough. That is, you know, when you pay the bills at the end of the month and all the bills are paid and there's leftovers, that's more than enough. And so having this mindset of, of grace that God will empower me with actions, with ideas, with the mindset to begin to produce more than enough in my life. You see, we're not guaranteed more than enough if we're sitting around and we're not moving because we're not participating with what God is doing. He has nothing to empower. We have to be walking the road of faith for God to begin to empower us. But those who are sitting and expecting God to do it all are going to be sitting and waiting and never receiving. Because there's this hand-in-hand thing. There's, there's this divine work, and then there's man's stepping up in faith. So God comes to with his part. And his part is already done. I may go into this in, in further detail in the future, but it, it's kind of complete. It's it's finished. Like when he hung on the cross, he said, it's done. It is finished, right? So as far as God's ability and God's power, it's right here. It's already done. Let's just say it's right here. And we're sitting over here. And faith is actually walking this way towards, right? But what many people do is they stay right here and they pray and they're wondering why they don't have the abundant life. That is how they don't have more than enough in relationships, more than enough in health, more than enough in in faith and more than enough in their bank account. Why? Because they're sitting over here and they're saying, God, come rescue me, save me. (laughs) And God, God done his part. He's right here, right? God, rescue me. God, save me. You know, we're sitting right here. And what does he say? He says, according to your faith, be it unto you. That means what you're going to get, what you actually believe. And that is if you had faith and you did believe, you would get up and start walking. Do you get what I'm talking about? That is the abundant life. So we'll go into further detail, but ask yourself this. Where in the four areas of my life am I not living abundantly? Is it your family? Is it your fitness? Is it your faith? And is it your finances? Where in your life are you not living the abundant life? And ask yourself, 
Am I truly living in faith in those areas? A faith that truly believes and is certain and is fully convinced if I live in my life in that area. I'll be willing to bet that any deficiency is relating to not putting in the work and stepping forward and doing the part that God requires so he can give his grace to empower. I'll see you soon. Peace.